Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom and think. I'm your host, Andrew Davidson, based in New York. And today, I'll be continuing my conversation with Mintel's Fiona O'Donnell, Marissa Fryce and Rebecca McGrath about the explosive rise of TikTok. In part one, we discuss the evolution of the platform and what it means for brands, so I encourage you to listen to it if you haven't done so already. In part two, we get into the controversial topic of security and discuss the future of TikTok. Let's jump back into the conversation. Um, All right, so I'm going to change gears slightly, and I'd like to address the issue of security. Uh, The US Department of Justice and TikTok are currently in talks about how TikTok can change its data security policy, basically given concerns about TikTok's parent company being headquartered in China. How do you think this issue is going to play out? Uh, and also, you know, specifically for Rebecca, are there con- specific concerns? Are there similar concerns in Europe? Obviously, you have this issue of, of both privacy, but also about this idea of potential propaganda being served up on TikTok. What do you all think? Well, I could start off in the U.S., um Yeah, that's been a key discussion point. There are some people who are really concerned about it because uh, for the two points, is it that our data is being monitored and then being used in a way that we might not wish it to be used? And then also, are there messages that are reaching this, you know, more young, younger demographic who are tend to be more impressionable and interested in global events? Um, But as far as like what we might do as a government or things that we need to uh, consider for the future. Um, do you, do we honestly think that it's possible for our country to ban an entire media entity? I don't really think so. We, you know, as Americans, one of the key things that we talk about is freedom of speech, freedom of expression. That being said, there have been calls to regulate content on social media through some of the other key, you know, giants, Facebook from Meta. Um, but it tends to be in reaction to what we fundamentally as a society disagree with. So hate speech, we are after our social media platforms to regulate and ban that. Also, bad players, folks who have routinely disrupted the rules of engagement, we will ban individuals as we have in the past with our former president uh, from certain sites. Uh, But as an entire piece of media, I don't see how it's possible. Now, that being said, they do need to be a little bit careful because... um, with the conflict in Ukraine, uh, Russian television, RT America, I don't know if anybody ever would watch that, but RT America is the uh, English speaking arm of Russian television. And so as in the United States, we had access to that all the way up until March when DirecTV said, no, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to show that anymore. And the Roku followed. So you can't get RT America in the United States anymore. That was not a government ban. That was a services ban but I also wonder why they chose to make that decision. It's a business that did it, but mm. I'm sure there are some folks in government who are happy that they made those decisions. So it's a very complicated environment. But as far as being able to say, nope, no more of this, I don't see it happening. What I do see is maybe a push to move operations or to open up the, um, you know, open up the doors and give us, give folks, regulators on this part of the world, more insight into the data that's being collected. Honestly, I don't really see that happening either. From a European perspective, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, basically, this is a topic that could has a, you know, it's a podcast of its own, yes. not more. It's a podcast series of its own, thinking about um, 
regulation is platform, whether that's self-regulation from the platforms themselves or government regulation. Certainly in the UK and in Europe, we are heading towards a era of more government regulation, seemingly. The UK government is slightly tumultuous at the moment, but the online safety bill is something that we are expecting to see introduced, which will uh, basically put a lot more onus on the platforms to have to protect uh, consumers from a lot, a range of different content. You know, this is not for TikTok specifically, but it's speaking towards an environment where we're probably just going to see more regulation of these platforms, greater government involvement uh, than we've seen in the past. Sort of wild, wild west of social media is is a, is a time that has passed. Um, how we see that play out, it's not it's above my pay grade to, to think what the government should be doing here. I think from a consumer analyst perspective, we're really thinking for TikTok specifically, do consumers perceive TikTok differently if they are aware it's Chinese owned? Does that change their behavior on the platform and change how they interact with the advertisers on the platform? Uh, and do they even know, you know the owners of these platforms? They obviously know Meta very well. They know um, Mark Zuckerberg very well. And um, that has an impact on how they perceive those platforms. So where we see that going as people get more familiar with TikTok will be uh, very interesting. Uh, and uh, as of right now, I don't see that playing out in consumer behavior on TikTok. I don't see it playing out with how people interact with brands. Um, because as we ultimately know, people have a lot of ethical concerns about things, but what they they're still driven by convenience and their user experience and what they most enjoy. So I'm not sure the consumers will necessarily drive too much uh, a change in um, regulation of TikTok versus the other platforms. Uh, but uh, you know how it plays out in the government sphere could be very, very different. Yeah, I mean, obviously, TikTok is taking a, a range of measures to try to reassure regulators that they are, you know, that they are independently managing the uh, the, the user data. Um, so we'll have to see how that all plays out. So it's been ten years since Facebook acquired Instagram. You know, the social media landscape has certainly changed uh, quite significantly since then. What's your prediction for TikTok in in ten years? Paid subscriptions. Paid subscriptions. <laughs> Interesting. Definitely. I, I can see I can see that kind of coming into play, especially my point I made earlier, like how TikTok can potentially be competing with these media and entertainment companies. Um, so possibly we could be getting some short movies or videos or TV shows or a content creator that you need to now subscribe to see their videos for. So I think that's a really, really interesting point that we could possibly see to continuously monetize TikTok. And we see signs for that because I think the company even announced that they're looking for ways to get more onto street onto television screens. It's it's so mobile at the moment uh, mm -hmm. because it is the quick videos, but we've seen that videos can get longer and longer. The part one, two, three, if you're trying to follow a series. And uh, so I do see that they're going to look for ways to make people pay for it. Um, so I think that's going to be a big shift. Um, 
I also, though, do need do wonder if they're able to get more advertising revenue or more revenue from users, uh, something that I've been following a little bit more lately because TikTok was a huge story about the way they changed the marketing or changed creators by launching this creator fund in 2020. So it's $200 million that they put aside uh, for folks who were creating their own content. And that was a big change because up until that point, uh, you had to grind you know, day in, day out and try to build followers until the point that you were recognized or a brand said, hey, I'll partner with you and I'll pay you, you know, just to make these posts. Mm. Um, but because they started financially supporting creators as they're trying to build their audience, that changed the way things work. And so a lot of other social media platforms followed suit. Well, now, because there's so many creators trying to get a payoff, there's a finite amount of cash. And so it's getting stretched thinner and thinner. And you see creators complaining about how they're not making any money anymore. So some of them are defecting to YouTube. They're doing Twitch streams uh, so they can get tips. So I also think that YouTube may look for ways to allow followers to immediately compensate some of their favorite uh, creators in real time. Also, um, you know, retail, able to purchase. So they're, they're building their audience right now. Once we have us all, and it's been free for so long, what happens next? Well, now you're here. Mm. Now you're going to have to pay for it. Uh, it's the old Gillette model, you know, sell the, you know, give away the razor, sell the blades. So I think that's what we're going to see next is more ways that TikTok is looking to make money from users. Um, of course, advertising dollars will be there, but we're going to be given opportunities to demonstrate how much we enjoy our favorite content by helping out our favorite creators continue to create their content. So it's our opportunity. That's our future. Yes, I, I can definitely see that as well. Um, when you were mentioning um, like st streaming, um, so these creators can get tips and everything. Um, what's also interesting about TikTok is there is a live feature. So some creators can get on and, you know, be live in real time with with their audience and through that you can additionally tip and send money um for these creators to use so i i could potentially see that platform as well getting a lot larger um and in terms of will there be another social media company that comes into play like where where will tiktok be in 10 years will there be another competitor um or will tiktok continuously keep growing i think because we, we didn't really touch upon this, but the addiction that kind of TikTok can bring, um, you know, I think because of their fan base and the amount of users and how addictive TikTok can be by continuously being entertained by an algorithm that is tracking your every single move to keep you entertained. Um, I think TikTok will you know, continue to, you know, be a successful platform. But in terms of what Fiona mentioned, I definitely think they're going to try and additionally monetize that. Yeah, I think to add that, I think uh, the subscriptions will become a greater part of it. We see creators, you know, making a lot from Patreon because they don't necessarily have that subscription option as easily accessible there across the social media platforms. Uh, that will change. And I do think they'll have more um, all across the platforms, there'll be more subscription options. I doubt how major a bigger component it will be as to like the core element. I feel that will always be an add on because social media ultimately is about the vast array of user created content. Um, I think live streaming will certainly is I expect that be a bigger part of across social media again and TikTok. I think if we look at the sort of the story of social media, 
a lot of the players that came in that have been very exciting, who have changed the game, they kind of ultimately established who they are and then have mostly stayed there Mm. uh, in people's mind. They haven't evolved too rapidly. They added features, so like Instagram added loads of features, added stories. But at its core, it still is, you know, that that photo-based platform. And I think TikTok, what it's done, what's how it's changed the game of short video, uh, which it has, it has put that front and center. And that is what it will ultimately always kind of be known as in the way that YouTube is expanding, it's changing, but still the core of what YouTube is, is very similar to what it was when it first came out. Uh, and I think... Uh, as Marissa said, then we'll see a new platform will certainly come along, like, and it will attract the you know Gen Alpha, I believe they're called. Like, it will check the next lot because people like their own generation-based driven platform. Mm. That's part of the appeal of TikTok, mm. is that you Gen Z wanted their own place to go to that wasn't designed with millennials in mind, and that will happen again for the next generation. And it's why I think actually Meta's been interesting by quickly announcing that oh you know looking towards the metaverse looking towards the virtual because it's saying yeah we probably won't ever compete quite with tiktok in what tiktok does but we're looking beyond to the future what will the next stage of social media be there will certainly be a next stage it could be virtual if the te- technology gets there so who is going to be at the heart of that and i think that's what meta is trying to do but mostly i think tiktok will be what TikTok is, which is a very successful platform. It will continue to be a successful platform with that audience built in as the others have stayed. They refine their audience and they stay successful once you've uh, reached that. So I'm excited to see what will be next as well as to see you know, uh, how TikTok will perform going forward. Excellent. Well, I, well, well, lots to come, and I, I'm certainly I, I feel a lot smarter about about TikTok after this conversation with the three of you. This has been a really um, enjoyable conversation. Three, I guess, three sort of big takeaways that I'm walking away with. You know, number one, you know, this explosive growth of TikTok means it just it just can't be ignored. Um, it's evolving, and brands really need to to pay attention to it. I think number two, I, I, I was reading this uh, description. There's a description of TikTok as the last happy corner on the internet. And, you know, we got into that, how brands can't ruin it with advertising. They have to find creative ways to tell stories. Um, and I, I like, you know, Fiona, you said about finding a voice. And I think you all reiterated that. And you thinking about it as a communication channel. And I think what's clear to me in sort of listening to you is the bar is higher on TikTok than perhaps on other channels in the way that you in terms of breaking through from a brand and an advertising perspective and then i think the third big takeaway which i found really interesting about how you were all discussing about you know just don't assume that this is not a channel that you can't be on you know that how you talked about you know this going beyond just sort of light entertainment into more broader forms of entertainment. Um, and so I think there is an assumption from some brands that perhaps this isn't a platform that we should be on because it's not for us. It's only focused on younger consumers or it's only focused on very uh, light entertainment. And, you know, perhaps it's much more about, well, just, you know, try it out. What's there to lose? Uh, test and learn uh, and give it a go. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Fiona, Marissa, and Rebecca. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to know more about Mintel, who we are, and what we do, head over to mintel.com. Check out our blog for even more insights from our analysts and sign up to become a member of the free Mintel Spotlight community. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye for now, and we'll catch you next time for a new episode of Little Conversation. Little Conversation.